Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. Having done judo all my life, I have a lot of old injuries and a lot of, quite honestly, new injuries. I get injured all the time. I have a lot of sort of physical pain. It's just a normal state of life. I don't mind that much. You just kind of get used to it. Because it's all self-inflicted, to be honest, I don't feel like I deserve any sympathy for it. But I do try to take care of it as best I can. I recently went to get a massage in Japan. And what they do in Japan, it's kind of like a physiotherapy thing where they put these big suction pads on your muscles and they start shooting electricity through it to make your muscles flex. And what they tell you is to, when it starts to hurt, tell them and they turn it down a little bit. So they want to get just under that limit of physical pain, but it has to be really close so that the muscle's kind of working its its best uh, in that situation. So the, I had sore shoulders and neck, so they put it on sort of my upper back and they put it on and started putting the electricity through and the lady was going up really slowly and taking her time and it seemed to be taking a long time and the, the guy, the, the masseuse, came in and he checked and he goes, oh, because you do judo, you can take a lot of electricity. Now, at first, I took that as a compliment because, of course, I can take a lot of electricity because I'm so tough and I'm so strong and my muscles are so powerful. And then I realized he didn't actually say that was a good thing. He actually just said I could take a lot of electricity. And I might be able to take a lot of electricity because my muscles are so dead and so poorly taken care of that they just don't respond to electricity in a normal way that you have to like double the dosage for them to actually react. So while I haven't had a chance to go back and ask him, it was, of course, in the moment, I think people take everything as a compliment because when someone says something to your face, you want to believe they're saying it to you in a positive way. But if you actually take a moment and think about the statement, your body can handle a lot of electricity, that doesn't mean it's a good thing. And it's sort of the general skepticism I like to include in my life. I, I want to make sure that I am not receiving false statements from other people or misinterpreting what they say. That being said, next time I go back to the masseuse, I do plan on asking him whether taking a lot of electricity is a good or bad thing. And what I'm actually betting is because the, the, the masseuse doesn't want to lose my business, he's going to go neutral regardless of whether it's good or bad. Because he's going to say, well, some bodies are tougher, some bodies are di Bodies are different, so it doesn't make a difference. Just yours can take a lot of electricity. But if there are any listeners out there who have any sort of sense as whether or not it's beneficial for me, as in I'm a tough, hardcore dude uh, with sweet abs, or if I am physically decrepit and on the last days of my existence, uh, and that's why I can take a lot of electricity. I would like to hear your opinion, or at least, hopefully, if you can back that up a little bit with some science, it'd be really nice. I realized it's time for me to buy some new suits, and I realized that the casual suit is a bit of an oxymoron, because a suit is inherently formal. That's the whole point of wearing a suit. So it almost seems like to me there is no point 
in wearing a casual suit because it's almost like here I'm gonna wear this thing that we're supposed to wear but I'm still a fun and cool guy so when I start looking at suits I living in Japan can't really buy one off the rack anymore even when I buy them off the rack my body's such a weird shape that uh, none of them really fit properly so I'm gonna have to go get one tailored in Japan that's not an unusual thing it's not like a super expensive thing in fact most people actually get their suits tailored that's quite common I figure when I buy a suit, since it's a formal thing, I'm going to buy the most formal suit I can without actually being sarcastic. Because should I show up to work in a tuxedo, which probably is the pinnacle of formality as far as suits goes, then I'm just being kind of a jerk about it. It's actually going the opposite way. You have to find that nice middle ground. But when it comes to suits, I figure if you're going to wear a suit, you might as well wear the most formal suit you can. Because you're not going to be wearing a suit and convincing everyone around you that you're a cool, fun, happening guy. Because let's face it, you're the guy in a suit. So the Quora question, it was very interesting because this one was, what's the purpose of reading? Now you can answer that really simply and say the purpose of reading is to intake the information that is being put in front of you, uh, be it in text or some other format like uh, on the computer. It's still text be it written down or on the computer. And any form of text is trying to convey some sort of information to you. But I think what they're actually missing out, and this is something that people have started to confuse, when they talk about reading, I think what most people mean is they, they're talking about reading books. Because I actually had a conversation once where I had someone look at me and go, you read a lot less than you used to. Now, that's not true. I actually probably read more than I used to, the thing is, the format of the content that I read has changed. So I used to read a lot of novels. When I was young, I read probably a book every week. And most of it was fiction of some sort. And then as the internet took over, I started reading, reading more and more on blogs and stuff. Now I read almost exclusively on the internet, which means I read a lot more articles. I read a lot more blog posts. I read a lot more on Twitter. People still, in general, have not accepted that as a form of reading because they're not being clear on what they mean by reading in the first place. Because if reading an article is not considered reading, then reading a nonfiction book is also not reading. So I think maybe this person is asking, what is the purpose of reading fiction? Now it is primarily entertainment, but I would actually say it is also to take in other people's ideas and concepts. In a fictional universe, in a fictional setting, you can actually create things and explore them without them being real. But people put less value on reading other formats than they do on reading books. So there's kind of the question you wanna take into account. Because you could take in just as much valuable information on Twitter. And I think Twitter would be considered the lowest form of reading because it's so limited. Those tiny little blocks of text that people look down on it. When in fact, if someone is talented or skillful at communicating, they can do that very well and might be able to communicate information ideas to you through Twitter. But the interesting part of this question to me was we need a definition of what the question asker means by reading in the first place to actually be able to start to talk about and then answer the question. Because I would actually bet someone on Quora, a website that is fully text-based, is actually reading quite a lot. Now it's probably all on the internet, but that doesn't mean they're not reading. So someone who's reading is actually asking, what's the purpose of reading? And the answer would be written in text, so they would actually have to read the answer, and that to me would be one of the first purposes, would be to answer your own question. Cora uh, question is, my 12-year-old daughter got a B, so I took her iPad away for six months. 
Was this a good punishment? Um, punishment's a difficult thing to do. It is an interesting because it is interesting because people have such different concepts. But for me, the important part is what is the goal of the punishment? If the punishment is appropriate, if it is actually if it's effective, then it's fine. So you're punishing the child for getting a B. Is and then you took away the iPad. Does taking away the iPad solve the problem of the girl getting the B? So what, did she get the B because she was spending too much time on her iPad? Or have you taken two unrelated things and connected them together? So she likes the iPad, she doesn't like studying, so I take away the iPad, she'll have to study more to get it back. That's supposed to be motivating, but it often fails. There's a secondary question of does it actually solve the problem because does she have an iPhone or some other media where she can spend her time doing the exact same thing, it's just not as convenient as the iPad. So if she didn't get the B, because of the iPad, taking away the iPad probably doesn't solve the problem or serve the purpose. In fact, getting a B shouldn't be something that you get punished for because the real problem is why did she get the B? Does she not understand the material? Is her teacher not very good? Is she not studying enough? Are you not paying enough attention to her studying? So if one of my children gets a low grade, I wouldn't punish them for it. I would try to find out what the problem was and then try to fix it. So if they need help studying, can I help them in the studying? Probably not. There's a lot of stuff I don't understand. Can I get them a tutor? Can I afford that? Well, maybe that's the solution. Do they actually do their homework properly? Maybe I need to sit down and actually monitor their homework time. Are they spending time distracting themselves? Can I take away those distractions? Is their teacher not good is a question that people seem to be afraid to ask because maybe I can't swap out the teacher, but I can supplement their teaching. And again, I can do it myself or I could actually get a tutor. When I was a child, I was terrible at French. Being Canadian, I had to study French in school. I was absolutely horrendous at it. I had to study it for years and years and years. And as every year, I fell further and further behind. My parents didn't punish me for that. They went and got me a French tutor. And I don't know, I don't think it cost them that much money because it was just a lady up the road, but she sat down and she just did my homework with me and helped me focus. And I had to do my homework with her every single week. Now, while I never became fluent or a proficient French speaker, I was able to pass the tests that I needed to pass to get into university, which was the ultimate goal of me studying French in the first place. I actually never had any intention of becoming a fluent French speaker. It was a requirement and I needed to pass that requirement to get into university. So my parents managed to actually achieve the goal of getting me the grade that I would need to get into school later in life. First of all, B doesn't sound that bad to me. If you want your child to get all A's, maybe instead of punishing them, you should actually be helping them do their homework or studying or trying to find something that interests them so they will just naturally be more inclined to study. So basically what I'm saying, it's not a bad punishment if it's appropriate for what's going on. Problem might be you're a bad parent. Instead of punishing your kid, you're not paying enough attention to them. I got sick last week. Now, luckily, I had pre-recorded a week in advance, so you did get episodes last week, but you did. there was no Ninja News Japan last week, and I'm now thinking about rolling that show into this as just one big main podcast. So it would just be one more segment in the podcast of Velocipodcast. I'm basically just recording this because next week, this is just one of those sort of updates on the state of the podcast. I tried to push the podcast more this month, so I found this thing called Headliner, and I get to put an image and an audiogram on the cover of it, so I put that on Instagram and Twitter and all these other places, hoping to get more people to come to the podcast. And 
the week I did that, I was really excited. Now on my host, the SSL certificate expired. Now I actually don't know what that is or what it does, but it auto renewed, but the stat tracking software from my website went out at the same time. So I think they were connected in some way. That's the only reason I bring it up. So I contacted the host and this is no way diminishing the host. The host that I work with in motion hosting, I work with, I subscribe to, is amazing. They took care of the problem. Uh, because it was kind of low priority, they took care of the problem about a week later. So all the effort I put into that week was the single week that the stats were not recorded. So I have the first like two, maybe 12, 13 days of this month, and then a flat line of zero, and then it picks up again right at the end of the week. So the whole point of the experiment was to see if this extra push would actually make a difference, get the message out, like, please listen to the podcast, that kind of stuff. And so I got really down because now I have no results for the experiment. I can see maybe if more people have sort of been onboarded, if more people have subscribed over time, that kind of thing. So I don't, I know it wasn't wasted effort completely, but the whole point was to see if there was any sort of immediate push up in numbers or if it got any more attention to see if it was a valuable way to spend my time because all this extra stuff I have to do is time that comes out of my one day off a week when I actually do the recording and everything for the podcast. Being sick doesn't help either. So I was quite down. I've actually talked about this a couple of times because the motivation for this podcast doesn't come from income. I don't make any money off it. It comes from basically numbers, the idea that people are actually listening to what you're saying. So I was a bit down and I'm like, should I even continue with the podcast? Is it even worthwhile? That kind of feeling. And then out of nowhere, someone sent me a question on Twitter. And I have to tell you, that is way more motivating than anything else. The fact that someone listened and asked a question, it was a really simple question. And this tweet came at exactly the right time because I was just like, ah, no one's listening. I don't know if anyone's listening. Maybe those are all bots because if you go back way to the beginning in Ninja News Japan, I actually got massive numbers and then it turned out they were all bots. It was not real people listening. So I was getting kind of like questioning the value of even the effort that I was putting into something. I noticed you say Kruger Dunning, so I Googled it in that order. It turns out you seem to be one of the very few people who say it in that order. My question is why? I'm just curious why you seem to buck the convention of saying Dunning-Kruger. Uh, my response was, you can choose any of the following replies. A, Kruger beat Dunning in wrestling. Obviously, that takes the lead in any published findings. B, it is sonically more pleasing. Well, I actually believe that's true, but that's irrelevant. C, I'm a maverick and won't be beholden to nerd conventions, which probably is sort of true. And D, I read it wrong initially and that stuck, which is absolutely probably what happened. I read it wrong and I started saying it. And then after you say it, let's say like 10 times, that's it. You're never really changing back. So I am 100% wrong in this case. It should be Dunning-Kruger, the Dunning-Kruger effect. But I think I actually just like the way Kruger-Dunning sounds better. So I've said it that way. But my point isn't this tweet. My point is the effect that reaching out and just sending me a question had on my mentality. Because at that moment, I was like, nobody's listening. But this was proof that someone is listening. Someone is actually paying attention to the stuff I say. And he actually went and did a little research and learned that I was wrong, which weirdly made me even happier because finding out I'm wrong is kind of entertaining in itself. Especially finding out I've been saying something wrong the whole time I've known it. Because there was one other instance, and it was uh, the word epitome. And I'd only ever read it and heard it. And so when I read it, what I read was epitome. And I found out 
maybe when I was 40 that I was saying it wrong. Because I said the epitome of something, and then my coworker looked at me and goes, do you mean epitome? And of course, that is what I meant, but I'd just been reading it one way and saying it a different way my whole life and never made that connection. And so finding out I was wrong after like, let's say 30 years of seeing and using a word was really kind of ironic and funny and entertaining because we're trying to be smart when we use words, which in itself is a really dumb sentence. My point is the interaction of listeners is really motivating. So I don't ask for any money, although I do have a little money story. I have my Bitcoin address on my website so people could send me Bitcoin or Bitcoin cash just if they want to donate. I never ask for it, but someone sent me a dollar a week ago, just out of nowhere in my Bitcoin wallet, a dollar shows up. And it has to be from that because that's the only place that address is published. So I went on Reddit. I posted to the Bitcoin subreddit. Hey, someone just sent me a dollar in Bitcoin cash. Uh, I was really excited about it. It's great that this system kind of works. So someone somewhere in the world just sent me a dollar anonymously. And then one of the people on that website, on that subreddit, sent me another to said, I will double your happiness and sent another $2. So I was really pumped up. In one week, I got interactions from a listener and I got $3 from strangers. Now, those are really minor things, but it was enough to keep me motivated to going for another, let's say, 50, 100 episodes. So if you listen to the podcast, absolutely, please send me questions, comments, and stuff. It really helps me continue with the podcast, but it also gives me stuff that I can think about and talk about. So even talking about the Dunning-Kruger-Kruger-Dunning thing that's gone wrong led me to other ideas, other times I'd made similar mistakes. Fairly interesting content for the podcast. Your contributions are really as small as they might be for you are really important and really big to me. So while I did lose that week of numbers, I did actually seem to gain a bit of perspective. So thank you for sending that question. If you have questions, comments, you can tweet at Velocipeter. You can send emails to velocipodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I have an Instagram. It's Velocipeter, but the I is a one because someone had already taken Velocipeter. Uh, I start, I've started posting stuff there. Uh, just again, it's the same things from Twitter. It's the, the image with an audiogram over it so you can hear a clip of the show. I'm thinking about posting full segments on Instagram and see how that goes. That's a project in the future. I would love feedback. Feedback would be really appreciated. Uh, just like this part sucks. I like this part. I like when you talk about this and not this. Because while I can't tailor the content to my audience, it does always sort of end up resting in the back of your head when you're thinking about what you should and shouldn't talk about and what direction and how deep you should go. To sum up, this is really just a thank you to everyone who's been listening and anyone who sent in questions and comments or things in the past because really that's what's kept the podcast going more than anything else. It's not numbers, it's not money, it's not anything else. Uh, it's the people who listen who actually show even not necessarily appreciation, but just the desire to interact and sort of grow the whole thought process, which is what this podcast is about. It's about thinking through things. Uh, I called it, originally it was a study in monology and then I changed it a little while ago. If you read the tagline, it's actually a smart podcast about dumb things. And that's what I'm trying to keep going. So I want to find a bunch of dumb things and think about it in a smart way. I want to find smart things and think about them in a dumb way. And this has just been a love letter to everyone who listens. So thank you very much. And I'm going to stop before I start coughing again. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments, you can tweet at Velocipeter or email velocipodcast at gmail.com.
You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast or go to velocipeter.com slash podcast.